0: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Transcending Together with Julianne and Lee. Good afternoon everybody on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Those of you who are just joining us, thank you for joining us. Those of you who are still with us from my previous show, thank you for staying on. And with no further ado, let's get started. We're going to be talking about Pride, given that it is Pride Month. And we're going to talk about how it matters to us, the history and obviously some contentious aspects because it wouldn't be transcending together without me going off on a rant about something. First of all, Lee, how are you this week?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm going to try really, really hard not to rant this week. Although, although, because we're talking about pride... And I wrote something that's on my substack, tigergirl.substack.com, about pride washing. <laughs> so I'm probably going to have a little bit of a rant about that. But yeah, Lee, what do you think about Pride Month? Tell us a little bit about what it means to you and what your plans.
1: Well, I'll start with a bit of history first, because the first pride that I went to was way back in 1997 in London. And I was still living in South Africa at the time and I'd come over on a holiday and my friends had taken me into London to see Gay Pride as it was called back then. And it was all very exciting and of course I'd never heard of Pride or anything like that coming from South Africa as it were. So I found it extraordinarily exciting and festive. So I think that's what comes to mind for me is just the festivity and the love and the excitement yeah so that's kind of like my interpretation of it so this year i'm not doing much for pride i think i'm just going to relax over the summer and have a nice break from all the hard work that i've been doing what are your plans
0: yeah it's interesting it's quite strange that it's pride month right and it's june but all the festivities and stuff sort of happen in July and August. So I guess in a way it's nice because it carries things on, doesn't it? So I haven't really had much to celebrate so far. I went to, I think I mentioned to you, and I'll probably talk about this because it, it is part of one of my little rants that I want to go on. I went to a pride match. Well, it was, sorry, it wasn't a pride match. I went to Twickenham. I'm not sure if we talked about that last week, was the Barbarians versus the World 15. And the World 15 had selected a Tongan player who used to be play for Australia, but was actually dropped by Australia because of his anti-Pride, anti-LGBT views. So this a chap called Israel Folau. And So the the RFU felt a little bit under pressure and they said, okay, let's invite a 100 or so people from the IGR Rugby Club. So it's International Gay Rugby. They gave us access to a suite, which was really nice, and free tickets. And every time Israel Folau got the ball, we booed. (laughs) And... He even scored a try right in front of us, and we all booed, and it even made it into the papers. So, yeah, I think we made our presence felt. But I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. And then I think I mentioned as well that I went to the pride match between Harlequin's women and the Wasps. Uh, That was last month, I think, yeah, during May sometime. So I've had quite a few sort of pride things that I've been involved in, which I guess is good. It's nice to be involved and be part of the journey and part of the story. And yeah, I guess the thing we should look at, so... I was doing some research, as, as one does, and I see that it's, this is the 25th year of Brighton Pride. Did you see that? Okay,
1: 25, wow.
0: Yeah, so according to Brighton Pride, 25 years, the history of Brighton Pride... And it says here. Well, let me ask you this. Oh no, I've given it away now. I said 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> the,
1: the first Pride I went to was in 1997. So that was about 26 years ago, and that
0: was in London. Okay, so it's the Brighton, yeah, so Brighton Pride is then. So that was your first Pride. How was it? Yeah, it was
1: It was very exciting. It was It was actually quite interesting because at, at the time I, I hadn't actually ca- came out yet. So yeah it was it was quite interesting being there as a so-called straight person and watching the festivities and things like that but yeah I I thoroughly enjoyed it and it wasn't long after that that I came out and in, in fact the very next year
0: so was there something that happened at Pride must, that made you realize I, I I don't know but it must have had some some effect So who was there with you do you remember
1: It was actually a friend of mine that I'd gone to school with and was living in London. So I'd come over on on a holiday and I'd done one of those bus tours around Europe, one of those Contiki tours. Oh, yeah? Yeah,
0: so. So did you, had you... So that was 97. So you came out in 97? I think
1: early the next year, 98.
0: Okay. And you were only here on holiday. You went to South Africa. You were still in South Africa then?
1: I was still living in South Africa. And like I said, you know, we. We weren't exposed to anything gay in South Africa back in those days. So, yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of, of anything like that before. And we certainly didn't have
0: it in South Africa. But it was yeah. fun and festive and, you, you know. I guess it was kind of underground stuff, really, wasn't it? But Very you came, much so, so, so yeah. You came out in South Africa. So do you think attending Pride made a difference made, how, in terms of your decision or realisation, do you think? Do you think Pride um, played a role in
1: that? I think unconsciously it might have because it was portrayed as being quite normal, you know, having a different sexuality than what the mainstream is doing. It, it, it just came across as, well, you know, there are people like that in the world and there's nothing to be ashamed of and I guess that's where they get the name Pride from. So I guess subconsciously it must have had some kind of an impact on me.
0: Yeah, it's nice to know. I think I was, because I only really discovered who I was in 2010. So that's like 13 years after that. I was definitely so firmly wedged in the closet. I don't... (laughs) Usual story though, which I've told too many times now about how all my male friends generally were gay. And I used to, I used to joke, if I like you, you're gay. So... I guess South Africa had a very toxic approach to gay rights, despite the fact that actually the new South African constitution was extremely liberal, wasn't it? It's quite strange that there wasn't, I think Cape Town used to have quite a lot of this sort of thing. Wasn't there a Cape Town Pride?
1: There might have been. Yeah, there might have been.
0: I remember uh, a few years ago when Australia was doing their vote on gay marriage, I was quite surprised that they were that far behind because I had always pretty much associated the Sydney Pride. For me, that was almost like a cornerstone of, of the gay community was Sydney Pride. Yet gay marriage was quite a tough debate and argument, wasn't it? In Australia? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was very surprising that it actually took so long in Australia for gay marriage to be legalised, given its its roots in, in the Sydney Pride and things like that.
0: Yeah, I saw it. It was a, a murder mystery series, but it was based around real events. And it was all about how it was not uncommon for gay men to be murdered in Australia. They'd be picked up on the grounds that they were going on a date. And there was a spate of murders where people were picking up gay men murdering them so that was really eye-opening to me and obviously now with gay marriage being almost universal now which i think is a good thing because i don't see why gay people shouldn't have the right to live in misery for the rest of their lives like straight people you've got a point there gay marriage or i call it marriage yeah everyone is equally entitled (laughs) to a miserable life i'm being overly cynical now my first pride was actually brighton pride i think it must have been 20 i think the first one i went to was 2015 and i hadn't come out yet and i remember thinking this is really cool and we only went we we sort of did the family thing took the kids and it was you know left when the sun went down or when it started getting really busy and then 2016 was the first year that i was living in brighton and that was the first pride that i went to as julianne so that was really cool I I didn't have a lot of friends at the time. And I don't think we stayed particularly late on that occasion. I was there with my family. And I think the next year, and then I I pretty much went every year. I remember there was a year with the Pet Shop Boys, which was really, really good. And then Kylie Minogue was was really good. I didn't go on the Britney Spears one because I thought that was a little too commercially tat for me. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't really associate Britney Spears as a gay icon. Kylie, definitely very, very powerful ally for our community. So that made sense. Then it was sort of put on hold, wasn't it? For a couple of years due to COVID. And then this year they've got the Black Eyed Peas. So I don't think I'm going to be going... Well, I don't have tickets this year. And I am marching in the Pride Parade. I've organized a section with my friends at Quinn's Pride. So we'll be hopefully making our presence known very much trans-female oriented. So we'll be doing some stuff with that. And depending on the numbers, we might do a prize draw for a listener to join us on that march if they feel so inclined just depends we've only got 26 places and obviously Harlequins because they've kind of (laughs) taken over my idea which I don't mind it's good to have them there and they are a very (laughs) outspoken advocate for trans rights especially and the head of Quinn's Pride Emily Hamilton is a multi-award winner for LGBT and trans activism so it's going to be really great to have her there with us as well Yeah, we'll be doing that with Pride this year. And obviously we've got Trans Pride coming up, which I think should be really good. And I'm going with Trans Radio up to London Pride as well. So doing a lot of marching, which is the bit which I think is the important bit. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, well, it certainly sounds like you're going to have a busy time of it. And uh, how exciting that you'll be doing something in conjunction with Trans Radio.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They've invited a bunch of us to go along to the London one and then they're going to obviously be at Trans Pride and they're going to be at Brighton Pride. I see we've snuck up onto a commercial break slot so let's just park that there for a bit and we'll come back after these messages.
2: Oh, I love this.
0: this, this we continue this. in moments. This
2: is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK.
3: Many website owners don't like their website hosting company or support provider, but are too scared to move to someone else in case they lose their site or it affects their business. Based in Telford at Purple Prince Media, we will move your website to us free of charge with the best support possible. And if you're looking to start up a business, we're also here to design and build your website from the ground up with unbeatable prices on web hosting and dedicated servers. We're also certified Magento developers, which is the world's biggest e-commerce platform. So rest assured, your online business is just a click away. Drop us an email on hello at purpleprince.co.uk or visit purpleprince.co.uk to get started. Purple Prince Media, the local website company. Win £25,000 and help Truck Listens at the same time. Enter the Rainbow Lottery and click Truck Listens as your chosen organisation. And not only can you win £25,000, 50p of every ticket purchased will go to Truck Listens. Please see www.transradiouk.com and click win £25,000 for more details ever thought about having your own radio show well now you can as we're looking for presenters to join our team no experience is needed and minimal equipment required for more information email info at transradiouk.com UK. UK. tune in via DAB in Ireland download our app via your smart speaker or online at transradiouk.com
2: Malcolm here don't go anywhere as we bring you some more trucking, great music and jazz here on Trans Radio UK. So
0: we were talking before the break about how, the par- for me, the parade is far more important than the party. And I do have this underlying sense of unease that the pride has become overtly commercialized. What do you think about that, Lee?
1: I think, in general, it has become over-commercialised in a way, and I think it definitely dilutes the message, which really is, it's a political message, really. And let's face it, Pride had its origins rooted in political activism, like the Stonewall riots and things like that. So I think it dilutes the message a little bit when it's over-commercialised. But then, you know, I'm not not being biased because i think christmas is over commercialized and easter and valentine's day and and things like that and you know it's just it's just it it becomes almost like a what's the term rainbow washing just showing us a surface level of support because of the commercial benefits so yeah i think it's an interesting topic to debate what do you think
0: yeah pride washing is what i call it which is a play on green washing (laughs) So I think the thing with, for me, the thing with pride washing is we see organizations who for for all the other 11 months of the year, they don't really say much and they don't put pride before profit. And I want to really demonstrate how one does this with the example of of Wix, who last year they paraded a vehicle which had no LGB without the T on it which I thought was really, really powerful message. We talked about this last week. It seemed the LGB Alliance crew and the gender criticals absolutely mental when they did that. And I think this is the one area that really troubles me is the extent to which organizations like the LGB Alliance and the Lesbian Project are so vociferously anti the trans community's inclusion. And as you alluded to, the beginning point of all of this was that riot that broke out at Stonewall. And although trans people were very much included in the gay culture as it was then, and I think that's possibly down to, you know, the long history of drag and clearly a lot of trans people found safety in drag and cross-dressing. We talked about this a few weeks ago where I was saying, you know, not every transgender person is a drag queen, but some drag queens are transgender. And there was quite a debate a few years ago with the RuPaul's drag race where RuPaul was saying that they didn't Want trans people competing in drag race, and I was kind of on the fence on that because I think on the one hand it's disrespectful to the gay male culture that that drag is for trans people. I guess to appropriate it, maybe, but certainly as things stood at the time of the Stonewall riot, there was a very very strong close alliance, if you like, or bond between trans people, trans women, and the gay community, and that's why. They were all sort of there together at Stonewall. And I don't want to oversell the fact that, yes, it was a trans woman of color who threw the first brick. However, my takeaway from that was that riot happened at a time when there was this very close relationship between the trans community and the gay male community. And then it kind of got forgotten for a long time. And I came across a photo when I was doing my research, and it's one of the earliest pro-trans protests that was held. And what I thought was quite interesting was the fact that they were holding up a sign that said GLB plus the T, which I thought was quite interesting. So, so they were, it was gay, lesbian, bisexual, where's the T? And it got me thinking about at what point did those letters get rearranged? What do you think about that
1: I think maybe it's easier to pronounce the L than the G than the B first than the G. see G-L-B. I can't even do it
0: G-L-B-L-G-B. LGB
1: maybe because I've just heard it so much.
0: yeah do you think it's possible that it was that way round because to a large extent lesbians were able to fly under the radar? I mean, I'm just thinking, because like in yeah. Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe, where it's, it's criminalized to be gay, the statute on the books that they actually charge you with is the crime of sodomy, which clearly doesn't apply to women. It applies to quite a few straight couples. <laughs> 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 but that's actually the, the statute that they get you on in Zimbabwe. So even in Zimbabwe, I think to a large extent women fly under the radar and also it's not such a big deal to see two women holding hands in the street or sharing a bed so do you think that the reason why a lot of the momentum I guess around gay let's put it this way let's use our non- heteronormative society. <laughs> Do you think it was more obvious perhaps that it was easier to identify and discriminate against gay men than it was against gay women? And I
1: think it de- yeah, I think it depends on how you stereotype lesbians because I certainly think some lesbians who were more kind of on the butch side might not have slipped under the radar so easily because they stand out because they are so different whereas others might quite easily slip under the radar in that respect because women are generally more sort of nurturing and you said you know like holding hands in the street and and things like that it's almost more normalized in a way so i think it really depends on how you would stereotype a lesbian woman.
0: Okay so let me ask you this then as a lesbian woman to what kind of what kind of pushback have you encountered in your life. What sort of things have happened to you where you felt discriminated against because you're a lesbian or lesbians I haven't
1: I haven't personally come across too much discrimination. The only time that it was a bit of an issue for me was in South Africa, I worked for a predominantly Muslim company and mm-hmm. it was more about being aware of the cultural differences so my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, Shelly, we were housemates. We shared a house together because I was mindful of and respectful, I guess, of, of their culture. Um, so that's the only time that I've really, and I didn't really face any prejudice, but I was just mindful of of how that might be perceived. But other than that, I haven't... Apart from my mother going, oh, it's just a phase that you're going through. (laughs) I think all mothers have said that to their children at some stage during the coming out process. I haven't really had any discrimination against me. Apart from not being allowed to get married, I suppose that's discrimination. But I think at that stage, we were not in a place that we wanted to get married right there and then. So it wasn't like, It was stopping us. It was, we were not ready to get married. While it was still illegal.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting perspective on it, I guess. I mean, the right to marry for me has always been an interesting one because being pagan, when I married my ex, we had to have two ceremonies because at the time in South Africa, South Africa has, well, African culture is very, they're very anti witchcraft and they take it amongst the black community in South Africa. they literally st- still stone witches to death. And pagans obviously utilize the word witch. And when I was involved in the pagan community in South Africa, we were trying really hard to reclaim the word. But it was still, and I think actually until quite recently in South Africa, witchcraft was actually a crime. And they really struggled to overturn that legislation because of the superstitious nature of, that's inherent in African culture and so it took a long time before pagan priestesses and high priests within the pagan culture were sort of ordained I, I can't think what the word is but were were allowed to become marriage officers so when we got married in 2006 we had an official ceremony with a marriage officer There's a guy who, from the church of Scientology <laughs> Who came and married us in our house, and then we had our pagan wedding on the beach in Schlangerocks. And at the time, I remember thinking to myself, that really differentiates the two aspects of a marriage one is legislative and the other one is displaying your commitment to the other person and i'm going to ask you to hold that thought and i hope i don't forget where i was going because it's ad break time so hopefully i'll remember what i was about to say next i'll see you on the other side of this
2: oh i love this
0: we continue in
2: moments this is good yes yes you're locked to trans radio uk Are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively? Why not check out Transsober? We're a grassroots peer support group for the community, by the community. Find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins. We also offer other useful resources. Looking for business cards, flyers, in fact anything in print, we can help. Digital Format Specialists www.printsmart.uk.com Think smart, print smart. Did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com. Trans Radio UK, a global radio station. The whole LGBTQ Plus community can be proud of.
0: Are you looking for an intimate and affordable graphic design service? Are you an indie author needing help to publish your book? Theodora Rosenberg is here to help. With packages for marketing, publishing, and branding available, you're sure to be satisfied. Find out
2: more at authortheorose.com. This this is Trans Radio UK.
3: Yo, this is Risk. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Hi, everybody. It's Avril here, and I just wanted to wish you a very, very happy Pride Month. Please remember that pride was always a protest
1: hi guys happy pride from danny have an amazing month of june and be as queer as you can be and remember trans women are women hello it
2: is me dj gloria happy pride from everyone at the trans radio uk team please check our socials for more information trans radio uk
0: welcome back everybody So just before the break, we were talking about the dual nature of a marriage ceremony. So you have a legislative component to it, which is literally a contract. Well, it is a contract. And you can have an antenuptial contract and a prenuptial contract. And when I was getting married both times. (laughs) I remember being quite perplexed about this whole thing around anti-nuptial with accrual and, and things like that. And it really does talk to the legislative nature of a marriage. And I think to that extent, that has nothing to do with the church or religion or anything like that. It's just a contract. It's a contract between two people. And two people are free to enter into a contract. You get Cohabitual agreements. So there's a legislative component. Two individuals are free to contract. And before my ex and I got married, we actually had a cohabitual agreement, which which was for all intents and purposes a marriage agreement. So it did it was curious to me how or why there was this issue with gay marriage. Because certainly, as far as the state is concerned, all they're concerned about is, is the contract. So then you've got the religious side and christians claim it's for once and forever despite divorce rates skyrocketing so i think the emotional and oh what is it the the emotional and commitment side of it the spiritual side of it i think that is really between those two people and what they believe but we're sort of getting sidetracked into gay marriage now which I didn't really mean to Well I was trying to understand. Sorry, let, let me come back to this. Yeah, what I was trying to understand is from a prejudice perspective, my perception, and I'll I'll be honest here, like you were honest last week, my perception is that lesbians have not encountered the same degree of prejudice that gay men and transgender people have. Do you agree with that statement?
1: I think I can only agree to that statement based on my lived experience of not having had too much prejudice come my way. So I think others may disagree with that, but I can see your perspective of it. And uh, you really don't have
0: to agree with me. You're no, but allowed
1: I, to disagree. <laughs> no, but I do from my perspective, because that's been my, I haven't had to endure a lot of prejudice against me because I'm lesbian. So, from that perspective, I do agree with you. You know, you, you hear about gay men being beat up all the time, but you don't really hear about lesbians getting beaten up all the time. And, you know, it's called gay bashing, meaning the men. And I think likewise, the discrimination against transgender people is also quite obvious.
0: It's that inability to hide. I think that's what it is, to go under the radar. Because I see this in the trans community as well, where society in general, I mean, I know that The LGB Alliance are particularly brutal when they go after trans men. However, you know, if we talk about my experience and my wheelhouse, which is sport, I do think there's there's almost a free pass that's given to trans men when it comes to sport. Because and it comes down to, I think, the ego of the men. And I was joking with someone this weekend because I said, I think every time I hear a man say they don't want to go to a gay bar because they don't want to be hit on all night. I'm like, you've just described every woman on the planet. (laughs) and what they have to go through every time they go out and I think that's where and I think men especially have a problem and I know I've said this before because I think they can understand why a woman would want to be a man but they just can't get their heads around why a man would give up all of his privilege to become a woman and to become a maligned one at that I think the one area where I would support or or disagree with what you said around women not being beaten up for being gay or Is there is this very nasty tendency amongst men who believe they can screw a woman straight. And you do get that. And I think there is a very high incidence rate of lesbian women being raped because, you know, the men want to assert Their dominance they can't understand why why are they getting left out i also think pornography has played a big role in men's false expectations about what they think lesbians get up to it's like how i used to say when I was playing sport, I think they have an overactive imagination about what actually happens in a rugby changing room after a match and I think they think it's all pillow fights and pom-poms it's not glamorous at all <laughs> but yeah yeah I-, no,
1: I, I agree with you because you often get those comments of oh it's because you haven't met the right man yet. And you, know, I'll I'll sort you out, I'll straighten you out, as it were. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, men really sort of have this thing that you're only gay, you're only a lesbian because you just haven't met the right man yet. And they can't get it into their heads that you, that's just not what you're looking for.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard just... to describe.
0: Yeah, but coming back to Pride, I guess what I was interested to try and understand is what do we think the underlying reasons are for the LGB Alliance and the Lesbian Project? Why do you think they've got such a big issue with trans people being included under the umbrella? As a lesbian woman, get inside their heads. What do you think they might be thinking?
1: I just, I don't get it. I I really don't understand why there's this need for a separation as it were i don't understand that at all
0: it's like this accusation that they lay at the feet of trans people that we're trying to fool lesbians into having relationships or sex with us i mean i've struggled to find a partner because i am attracted to women and yet lesbians want something different and i don't have an issue With the fact that as a trans woman, you know, they're not necessarily going to be into me. And I don't have a problem with that on any level. I mean, I just don't know where that comes from. I think the thing for me around pride washing. And so that's the one aspect. So I think this is going to be a very interesting pride season because I think the gender criticals have got wind in their sails and I think there's likely to be quite a lot of disruption especially at London Pride and I'm anticipating it at Brighton Pride and I'm anticipating it at Trans Pride in Brighton. Trans Pride in Brighton is actually quite an interesting one because they've been growing and growing growing year after year. It's still free to attend. It has absolutely no (laughs) commercial interest so it is a truly genuine protest and I think this year it will be the loudest biggest protest that we can send out and i'm just wondering if there's going to be problems potentially this year i think london coming before brighton and before trans pride I think that's going to be an interesting weather vein, if you like, as to, or bellwether is the right word, as to what we can possibly expect on the Brighton side. But then again, Brighton is a bit of a bubble, isn't it? So maybe they don't feel safe down here to carry out their nonsense. I don't know. But I do think the commercialization of Pride is a very real thing. And I find it So when I wanted to enter this group into the parade, all of the applications to march in the parade are very corporate. They ask you questions like, What's the name of your organization? And who's your finance or treasurer contact? And, you know, you can't just write off to Brighton Pride and say, me and 26 of my mates want a a slot, which I find is is quite, oh, I'm going to say it, disingenuous. Have a drink. (laughs) Because it really, that, I think, in a nutshell, demonstrates that they don't want or anticipate Individual groups of people wanting to come together and parade, which I think that really demonstrates how much it's lost, I think, in terms of its purpose. And if I look at Trans Pride, we all get together, we gather at a particular point. I'm not quite sure where, what the gathering point is this year. It was always the Marlborough pub, which is not the Marlborough pub anymore. Possibly we'll we'll gather there again this year. I'm not quite sure what the arrangements are. But you you just turn up and you march and that's what it should be. I think we've lost we've completely lost track of that. And as for the pride party, right. That's that's almost become an end in itself now. And we have people pouring into Brighton. I, mean, I, I think for me, they jumped the shark when they brought in Britney Spears because you had people coming down just to see Britney Spears. They didn't really care what the thing was about. And I mean, my moan about the Pride in the Park party is that you've got these really great bands like Kylie or the Pet Shop Boys or Years and Years. And then you've got the, the whirly buzzer gig, the showground noise going, going on in the background and they don't even have enough respect to turn those off enough respect for the artists to actually shut up all the bumper cars and the whirly gigs and the all that noise so you you never really get the sense that you're at a pride party it's more just a music festival and i think that's yeah. really disappointing and it's one of the reasons i don't like going to the part i'm there 100 for the parade but then I think that's also lost a lot of its its power and its emphasis because it's they talk about it being a celebration and I think we need to make it a protest again. We're going to think about that as we go into the next commercial break and we'll be back after these messages.
2: Oh, I love this. We
0: continue
2: in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK.
1: Do you need someone to talk to?
0: Till you have no one that will listen. You
2: think you
0: It doesn't have to be that way.
2: Sometimes everybody cries. everybody hurts.
0: Truck listens, because everyone needs to talk Every- sometime.
1: Call 0800 009 6640 between 8am and 2am. Truck listens, because everybody
2: needs to talk sometimes.
3: Did you know we receive no funding here at Transradio UK? To keep us on air and growing, we rely on donations. To donate, please head to www.transradiouk.com and click the link. A regular payment of twenty pounds will see you become a partner of Truck. Other options are available. Email info@transradiouk.com for details. A big thank you from all the team here at Transradio UK.
2: The world's largest radio station for the trans community. Trans Radio UK.
0: Welcome back, everybody. So, Lee, because I'm tired of doing all the talking, I'm going to ask you how would you fix Pride? <sighs>
1: Yeah, Julie, that, that's a good question. I mean, I, I touched on this earlier, I think it's it's far too commercialised. And I think the message has been d- diluted. And I think you're right. It's, it's all about the party afterwards. The message has been so diluted. And remember that this all started with a political statement. So given that, and, you know, personally, I just think that it should maybe just be done away with in a way. You know, I understand the need for the community to get together but unless we're gonna be able to have discussions and debates within the lgbtqi community and be inclusive to everyone it's i mean i saw a meme the other day which just kind of like sums up how i feel it was pride gets a whole month and the other dead listens get none you know so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i saw that one (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like yeah I think I think perhaps we need safe spaces to to talk about opinions and cuz they they vary widely and we need to commit to having discussions like the LGB alliance with empathy and a commitment to I think just understand different perspectives because that's that's all it is it's a difference in in perspective you know it's like I can understand the argument for protecting women but on the other hand it's like why exclude trans women from that debate yeah we have to engage in respectful dialogue and listen to both sides of the story and try and seek common ground so that we can unite again and then maybe we can have pride because it'll have meaning again
0: yeah that's a really interesting perspective because on the one hand it is good I would respect the need for dialogue but it's very difficult to come together around something where trans people are not seeking to remove lesbians from society. That's not our game. We don't have a problem with lesbians. And I think that's the problem with you know, looking at both sides is you can't really do a both sides discussion if the one side doesn't believe the other side even has a right to exist.
1: Mm. Yeah, so I no, agreed.
0: But I do agree with you in terms of there does need to be a rethinker in terms of what does Pride mean to us as a community? Because if I think from a Brighton Pride perspective, certainly my where I've got to with it, and it might just be a fact a function of my age but I have kind of got to the point now where the party is of very little interest to me and the street party even less so and I was chatting to some guys over the weekend who were saying that like for Birmingham pride you can only get into the gay village if you've got a wristband the gay village in Birmingham is a safe space for gay people in Birmingham LGBT people so That to me is completely unacceptable to take away from regular Birminghamites, Birminghamites, I don't know what you would call (laughs) them, to take their thing away from them. I think that's That is hugely disrespectful. At least in Brighton, it happens on Preston Park. But St. James's Street in Kemptown has a huge number of gay venues. But then again, the thing is with Brighton is there are a lot of gay venues, LGBT venues in Brighton. So you can still enjoy Pride Weekend without participating in the corporate nonsense. And I do tend to encourage people, my own friends, to continue to support the pubs and restaurants and things who are there for us when it's not pride weekend and when it's not pride month and a lot of my friends are moving towards that perception that that way of doing it in fact pre-covid so what pride 2019 a lot of my friends just didn't do pride at all they had pride parties at at their own homes Mm. so yeah i mean is it reaching too far to say what if we did a pride boycott next year Well, the cats clearly disagree with that. (laughs) Hold on a second. (laughs) Okay, apologies, listeners. That was the cats going mad outside here. I mean, I would love there to be a, a boycott of Pride, quite honestly. Do you think that would work? Do you think people would buy into that?
1: I think it would be a hard sell because, like I've said before, I think it's more about the party and it's an excuse to have a party. So, yeah, it... Calling on a boycott of Pride could be a hard sell to people that just want to, you know, have a good time. But in principle, it's a good idea.
0: Yeah, so you don't think a Pride boycott would be easy to achieve then? I just feel like, you know, for example, one of the things on our application form for our Pride section, because we're not doing a float or anything, but they wanted to know what we intended to put on our posters. And I wonder that already sort of talks to commercial it's probably come from commercial pressure where people don't want you to be too confrontational Mm -hmm. so that for me just says the the message has been lost you know if you're going to censor what people put on their placards like if you're going to go and do a protest in whitehall you don't have to submit your your posters for approval well yet <laughs> yes, yeah. she says. Yeah,
1: <laughs> don't give them any ideas.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you're going to protest, the point is to make a me ma- is to make a statement. So for them to check you and make sure you're not saying anything too confrontational. Yeah, I mean, that I agree with. Right. Yeah, I mean, I agree with no calls to violence and things like that. And and I mean, I don't know what they would say you couldn't do, but I do know Emily was quite concerned about being asked that question and again yeah you see she represents Quinn's pride and they fight a very she's fighting a very delicate balance the whole time between the Harlequins brand and the things she wants to be free to say about trans exclusion and rugby and yet that's her main thing is around trans inclusion and rugby So, so she's well aware of the need to do that delicate tiptoe through the commercial interests that surround harlequins as a brand but if you marching in a parade and, and let's say you know I did manage to somehow define my group of 26 people as an organization in some way or another, then I wonder what what they would what rules they would put in place about what we can and can't say. Because to a certain extent, you're just that block in the parade. But yeah, there are obviously, there's a lot of corporate sponsorship associated with pride. I don't know what the answer is, but I do think it's lost its message. I think it has been lost. It's been shouted out by commercial interests Mm -hmm. and all of this pride washing. And I mean, you were talking about memes. I love that meme of Mr. Krabs (laughs) from SpongeBob SquarePants in a puts on his rainbow vest and says, I like money. And that's all it is for them, isn't it? And I think that's yeah. where Wix really, really impressed me last year. And I'll be interested to see what they do this year with that. But yeah, they're not a sponsor of this show or of the station, but I just really want to call them out because I really respect what they did last year. And I hope they do something like that again this year. So yeah, I'm
1: especially just... with the whole cancel kind of, or what do they say? Go woke, go broke thing that's happening, particularly in the States, you know, with uh, that beer and that shopping centre.
0: Target and Nike. Target, yeah. But I mean, you wonder um, to what extent that's even true. Because, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just so cynical about mainstream media. I mean, I was watching an interview this evening with, or last evening, with Roger Waters, who's now being harassed by the media for being anti-Semitic because of the way he dresses for the his show around the wall. And the thing that just astounds me about that is they're saying he's anti-Semitic, and yet that First of all, that message was about totalitarianism and the, the Nazis were very much a typical totalitarian regime. But a lot of movies and TV series, I mean, even The Silo, which is on Apple TV, the you know, they want you to dislike the judicial police because they wear black trench coats. It's almost sort of symbolic decoration. So, yeah, I mean, the, the we talked last week and I was saying, you know, you have a right to disassociate from a brand that doesn't follow your principles and your beliefs. And I, I think that's fine. So, you know, go I, I agree with cancel culture because I think it's the counterpoint to free speech and freedom of expression because you should have a right but when they go after people like roger waters from pink floyd i just think that's completely incorrect and and that's that whole thing just they've completely missed the entire point of that song the wall and that show they've just (laughs) completely missed it (laughs) yeah Anyway, we're, we're running out of time. If you can believe it, time flies when you're having fun or when I'm talking. <laughs> Anything you want to say in the last couple of minutes, Lee?
1: I just, you know, again call for continued dialogue and to embrace diverse perspectives. It's what makes life
0: interesting. I agree. So long as there's respect from both sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I would happily, I, I said this last week. You know, I, I would happily sit across the table from Kathleen Stock and have a conversation with her about her views. But it's very difficult, as I said, when the starting point is she doesn't believe I am entitled to rights. And I do think a big part of it, I've been thinking about this over the last week, it really has a lot to do with what we were talking about around the structurally binary society that that we live in, where you are forced into a gender binary. You're really only given the choice of male or female. So maybe that's where the problem lies. But that's possibly a conversation for another day. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. I hope you've enjoyed this discussion. It was a little bit less structured than it normally is. And I didn't rant quite as much as I normally do. I don't think so anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so I think we'll leave it there. So that'll be goodbye from me. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll see you all again next week in Love and Light. Bye.